0: you can't have the growth on your own. So you really need to get either a mentor or somebody that somebody that's going to cut for you and and kind of speak your name in rooms where you're not present. So I would say definitely chart your path and and get yourself an ally that's going to help you
1: Welcome to another episode of the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. Today, I'm very excited. It's the first time I've actually had two guests at once on the show, and we're lucky enough to have the ladies of the Don't Look Under the Bed podcast, Nikki Wade and Robin Moncrief. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, ladies.
2: Thank you, Steve. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. You know, It's the first time I've had uh, two people on the show. And I think we can provide some great value to all the listeners out there because these ladies have a tremendous background in hotel, especially in sales, Um, but they've they've got stories from all over the place. But I want to start with the first question we always ask. And we're going to start first with Nikki. Nikki, what was your first job in hospitality?
2: My first job in hospitality was... um, when I graduated from college, Marriott offered what they called a management development program. And you were to go into a hotel for about eight weeks and cover the various departments. And that was to help you figure out where you wanted to be. And so I started there instantly, uh, fell in love with the sales aspect, the people. Um, I've always been... Uh, just captivated by the fact that you can talk to someone that you've never seen, you've never met, and completely meet every expectation that they have when they arrive. And so I knew I wanted to be in sales. And that's, I was a, um, used to be called an EMM. And you booked and cooked everything you did. So I, I was that guy. And that was one of my first jobs in hospitality.
1: And where was this? What Marriott did you start at?
2: So I did my little internship at the Houston Marriott airport. And then that kind of took me off into a career with Marriott and my, I guess my first real position uh, was at the Marriott Farmington in Farmington, Connecticut. So I've, I've done a little travel.
1: (laughs) I have seen that as my notes, I've seen you, you've taken a lot of different cool places. And let's jump to Robin. So Robin, what was your first job in this industry of ours?
0: So my first job was front desk agent at the Residence Inn. Um, it was phase one back in the uh, late 80s. And I was just so excited to get a job that I didn't know that I wasn't qualified for. But that's what hospitality affords us, the opportunity to um, to learn and uh, to be trained so I started there at the front desk and worked at several hotels at the front desk. I didn't realize I wanted to go into sales or that there was even an option until I saw these nice folks walking by the desk. <laughs> they were all dressed up going to the restaurant and they were laughing and and always happy. And I'm like, who are those people?
1: Yeah.
0: and. <laughs> Who are those folks? I mean, and then I found out that was the sales team, you know, entertaining customers, you know, in the restaurant or at the bar or whatever. And I was like, I need to figure out um, how to do what they're doing because I can dress up and I can, I like to eat (laughs) to the bar, you know? So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah, I started in the front at the front desk.
1: Well, Robin, let's stick with your story here. Um, You know, kind of condense this a little bit. Usually I go into a deep dive of everyone's story, but we have some other things we want to talk about. You started there. Mm -hmm. Kind of give me that journey to where you are today. It doesn't have to be every position, but kind of give me that journey of how you grew. Yeah,
0: I started at the front desk and I kind of worked my way through the hotel and through operations. I wanted to be valuable. So it was my goal to uh, be cross-trained in any and everything, um, at the hotel. Cause I was just so excited to be there and I enjoyed, um, meeting people and learning new things. So I went from the front desk to housekeeping supervisor, um, to, and then that's when I ended up in sales and catering as an admin. And then from there, I too, uh, got an EMM position, executive meeting mani- manager position. And Nikki and I actually met at that same hotel where she was an intern. That's going to uh, be my question. I said so you ago. both worked at
1: Marriott yeah. uh, during the same time. So you yeah. worked at the same mm-hmm. place. Yes. We're talking about a
2: lot of years. Was yeah. That the nineties, nineties,
1: <laughs> 98, 99, about that time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So then you started going from EMM, you continue to grow.
0: Yeah. Continue to grow. And then um, I just kept Progressing, um, you know, sales manager, senior sales, and uh, and now area director of sales.
1: Love yeah. to hear and, and Nikki, how about you? After you got your your position, how did you continue to progress?
2: Well, I because I love hotels and I love seeing how different areas function. Um, I was able to move around a little bit, going different places, and I also went from EMM to sales manager senior sales manager. Um, I took a role as a um, area director of corporate sales. And now I'm currently in just a different kind of sales manager role. So it's, um, it's been interesting. It's been a fun ride. I've been Mm -hmm. able to just interact and cross with a lot of different people in a lot of different areas.
1: Now, what's interesting for you all that I have not seen, and I want to kind of get your points on this, is you've all worked for some of the big brands, right? You started at Marriott. I see some Hilton. I see some IHG mixed Mm -hmm. in there. Um, You know, maybe you can talk a little bit about the differences you see. And those hotel brands? Cause you've come up through sales and each, I'm sure each hotel is a little bit different or are mm-hmm. they the same? I've never worked in sales and like you, I've always watched the sales teams come through my operation and restaurants <laughs> and appreciate their hustle, but also as a little jealous when they were working. <laughs> so, you know, maybe hey, Rob, what, what did you see as the differences? Uh, I don't
0: think the that there is much difference. Um, you, you, you're given a desk and a phone and Told to go go get it, go book it. Uh the training, you know, there may be some variation there, but the end result is the same. You have a goal that you need to book. And um I worked with Marriott and also Hilton. Um, and it was it was a similar situation. You were just responsible for uh generating revenue for the hotel.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, yeah what did I, you see? I think probably one of the biggest differences is probably the systems that, that they use. Yeah. Everybody has their um, their on-property management systems mm-hmm. that you do have to learn how to use. Um, some are very easy. You can sit down within a week. You're clicking away. Some are a little bit more challenging to learn. Uh, and they all offer something different. Yeah. That, that's probably one of the biggest... Differences, And when I say something different, maybe one of them has more of a, a robust like history package where you can you can find out every hotel that a group has ever gone to or there's um, I've I'm you can go back and you can see these different things. Like I found stuff where pre-pandemic I had booked at a hotel and now I can see it in the system. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did that. I know them. <laughs> so. <laughs> But yeah, not pretty. I mean, you know, it's the same. We're charged yeah. with going out there, making it happen. Uh, you know, the responsibility, it lies with sales. It's a revenue generating department.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah everyone relies on you to bring that business in. So mm-hmm. let's just say I hadn't worked in sales, which I haven't, but I want to start. I'm starting today and you've both been leaders in here. So if you could give me a pointer to each of you, what would you tell somebody starting out now, today, in sales. Go ahead, Robin.
0: Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I think it's important to do your research. It takes a lot of research. It takes a lot of preparation to um, to get you ready to call on a client. You want to be prepared. Um, you want to obviously know your product inside and out. You also want to know your competition inside and out. Um, it's important. you to be well-versed so that when you call somebody, um, they they see that you are credible and that you know what you're talking about. And, you know, you don't want to waste anybody's time. So it's important that you know that their program can actually work at your property. Um, Don't call somebody if you're not familiar with their program or if their program was in San Diego and you know it doesn't fit in your hotel. Um, so it's very important to do all of the, uh, the front work before you contact somebody.
1: That's a good point. And Nikki, so. what about you? Anything else you did?
2: Uh, no. And, and just be confident. You yes. know, people, I feel like people buy you first long before they buy the product. Yeah. They're buying Nikki. So that means I have to show up, have myself together and, believe what I'm saying or yeah. believe what I'm telling them because people buy you first. You know, you have to have those other things together, but it it starts with the relationship. Yeah, it, absolutely. Tr- I truly believe it always starts with the relationship.
1: Now, what would you tell people, you know, we go back to our operations people, right? They don't know exactly everything that sales is going on. I'm sure you had this before you got in there. That say, well, they're just taking phone calls. They're not really selling. (laughs) (laughs) The calls are coming in. They're not really out there selling. What would you tell people with that perception?
2: My, anytime someone says you're just, to me, that's the trigger. You don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) When somebody says, oh, you're you're just taking people to lunch. You know, because of course the front desk, they see us. Right you know, they have their little moments where they want to get at us. Oh, you're just taking people to lunch. And I always ask them, okay, who's, who's having lunch with a stranger for two hours? Who's trying to figure out something to talk about with someone that maybe it's your first time meeting them? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they're 20 years older than you or 20 years younger than you. How do you relate? What do you do to find that common denominator to make it comfortable? And if you're having lunch with a person, it can easily be an hour, hour and a half, two hours. It can either be a great two hours or yeah. it can be the longest hours of your life
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, or or picking up the phone when somebody's upset. You know that that's something nobody likes to talk about that part, <laughs> but it's we're not if I pick up the phone and somebody's not happy, you know, my work is cut out for me. So it's it's never you're just picking up the phone. Right. And I'm like, uh, stop right there.
1: <laughs> I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. The trigger word, just I'm gonna start yeah. using that myself.
2: I'm like, uh <laughs> freeze. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Robin, what about you? Anything you would add?
0: I would I would say Nikki is spot on. I mean, that's that's the perception, but it's also rewarding when you do have That group that comes in, um, you're there, the whole team is there, and they know from the operations meeting that you booked it. Okay, here's the resume, um, you know, or the cover sheet, and they know that you booked it. They don't know sometimes what it took to book that particular opportunity, but they can see your, uh, you know, your work come to fruition, when the group checks in and then they'll, you know, everybody's got hours, everybody's happy. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. So
0: I when if, if anybody says anything like that to me, I just, I I just ignore it because I know that they're going to be happy when the group arrives.
1: I love it. That was a a great answer. So now we see in the market, I don't know about your areas, but at least in the resort towns, that leisure guests doing really great. They're coming in heavy volume of leisure guests, but everyone's starting to fight for that business convention business um guest what are you all doing right now what are you all seeing out there in the field without giving too much away cuz I know you're working in your companies but what are you seeing kind of generally when you're selling
0: here in the area where we are it's a suburb of Houston um so we are seeing a lot of smurf activity we get a lot of amateur uh sports we get uh church groups we are seeing a slow trickle of corporate return. Um, but that's very slow to return, but the ones that are returning, you know, you might get one big group and then two months later, you know, you don't get anything for another two months. So we're, we're seeing all different, all different markets that are producing where I am. What yeah,
2: you, definitely there. And what I can say is, um, even in the proposal process, it's totally a, a, I, I refer to it as quick to market. Like if I get a lead or a request for a proposal, immediately it's like drop what you're doing and get something in the hands of the client Yeah, because everyone is fighting for that business. And I see it more so now than ever because the, the hotels, um, are just slow. So when you see that 200 room program or whatever, you're like, let me do or let me give or let me find out what it is they're looking for. So I can put that in front of them. Yeah. So it's really it's it's a race to get it out there.
0: It is a race. And then it's like the top five properties that respond first. One of them is going to get you know one of them is going to win the opportunity so it is important yeah. to get the proposal out as soon as possible
2: and then you mentioned knowing your competition yeah. i al- i always i don't care where i'm where i'm working at i always go check out who i'm selling against yeah. so when that client says oh, I'm looking at the so-and-so, I'm like, I'm not worried about them, you know, (laughs) or or if it's like, oh, y'all talking to (laughs) so-and-so. Yeah, Yeah. So I have to adjust my game, uh, knowing your competition, hands down, so important. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's great advice. And so if you're not first to answer that call or that email and you're still in the fight, what are some ways to gain that business?
0: I would say, I mean, again, Respond as soon as you can. And typically what I would do is pick up the phone or send an email and qualify it. You have to qualify it just to make sure that you can propose something that will, you know, help them out or provide the solution. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of qualifying the opportunity first um, before I do the proposal, because maybe it doesn't work. Or maybe I'll look in the system and it's like, ooh, no, we don't want them to come back. Or, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it could be a number of things, but I always like to, I want to be very responsive, but I also want to find out and uncover everything that it is that they need. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I I think too, um, in that whole speed to market to get everything out there, like I always think about, what do we do best? What do I have that sets me apart from the rest of them? Mm -hmm. Right now, that just happens to be free parking. Yeah. So I'm always in like font 22 pushing that (laughs) (laughs) that free parking. Right. Right
1: arrow. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's like if you've got one shot, you know, you got to figure out what's that one thing that I'm good at? And Mm -hmm. then, or what's that one thing that I have that I know... If you go downtown it's 45 a night you know if you go uptown it's 35 45 okay you know what i got free parking let yeah. me talk about that i got surface parking um houston's an oil and gas town if they're rolling up in these big trucks guess what i got a whole lot surface lot i can park all your trucks no problem so you you got to figure out what it is that you're good at what sets you yeah. apart
1: That's great advice. And so, like you said, it's more and more challenging now. Um, Has sales changed a lot since before the pandemic to now?
0: Yes. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: Give me like your top two ways it's changed for each of you.
0: I mean, the phone was ringing before. The phone is not ringing now. It is totally a uh, proactive sales effort. It is a direct sales effort. Um, before, you know, we were both downtown before, but um, but the like I said, the phone was ringing. There were leads. Now, BT the people are still at home and they're doing Zoom meetings. Um, the conferences are coming back slowly, um, but again, they're very few and far between. So it's just a matter of being proactive and actually calling on people, whereas a lot of people did not have to do that before. And that exposed a lot of salespeople because they did not know how to solicit. They did not know how to um, make a, you know, sales call preparation sheet. They did not know how to, you know, engage with somebody over the phone. Everything is like an email blast or um you know, or something like that. But now it's like kind of back to sales one on one, you know, researching, picking up the phone and actually um, trying to figure out what people are doing, uncovering what problem they're trying to solve and, and helping them with their needs.
1: Annika, anything yeah. else you would add to that?
2: I think one on a on a positive end of that. Now, when you actually call people on the phone, they're happy to talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so many people have been at home or work from home and they're there with their families or, you know, just just different situations. So you when you do get them on the phone, it's usually a, you know, 10-15 minutes just chatting. You know, they're, they're happy. And that was something before where you'd call clients and they'd be like dodging your calls or something, <laughs> but now you can actually get people on the phone and yeah. they want to talk. So yeah. I, I mean, I personally, I enjoy that.
1: That's great. Same. And Robin, you mentioned something that kind of made me start thinking, you know, as a business owner now, it's all about the hustle and going to find clients and selling. So mm-hmm. I have my ways of doing that. What are your ways as a hotel to go out and find clients that come to your hotel?
0: Gosh, we use a number of different tools. We use um, Zoom Info, Noland. Um, There's a lot of databases and things that we use um, to find business. And, you know, we also still go around to the competition to see what's going on there. So I'll do a drive-through through through a couple of the parking lots just to see, you know, is that an AT&T truck? what are they doing here? You know, so <laughs> like I said before, it's back to um, sales 101, pounding the pavement, um, driving around to see who's who's out in the market, attending industry events um, with clients so that you can actually be there with them and network. Um, so yeah, we use a number of different ways to, um, to find
1: business.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, it's like you have to be everywhere. Yeah, yeah. All, at, all at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about I, this? Is something I'm just my personal curiosity. What about LinkedIn and targeting people on LinkedIn that are in your area? Is that something you all do, or is that something that you don't really touch too much?
0: <laughs> I have not graduated yet to contacting clients on LinkedIn yet. I know lots of people do it, um, but there's a method to that, and and it takes you know, a warm intro from somebody that, you know, um, and things like that, but I have yet to graduate there, but I know people do find business. So that's on my list.
2: <laughs> I, about? I do use LinkedIn you do? And, yeah. and I mean, like you and I, Robin, we've talked about this, how it is strange to just pop into somebody's inbox. It it can be a little, you know, kind of have you uneasy feeling about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed is if I if I'm looking at a particular company, and then I look at who's following them or who that person might be connected to, and then I know there are other hotel people, so that's a signal I got the right person. Yeah, that's that's who I'm looking for. She's connected to all these other people in my city that are hoteliers, so okay, yes, I want her. And then it's it's finding something to talk about whether you know something about their company or like i was working on a program and i found this lady and i just wrote her a little note and i was like hi um i'm right in the middle of working on this i'm sure with one of your colleagues um and you know just kind of chat and she she actually responded and she was like hey thanks for reaching out i'm not working on that but good luck and i was like okay you know that's 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 something. It's mm-hmm. a step. It's definitely a step.
1: Yeah, I was having this conversation with someone in a in a hotel, smaller boutique hotel company who's going to go to a trade show and trade shows are expensive. Yeah. Right? yeah. I don't know, $10, $15, to be at a trade show. And I said, I would love to try one day for this person cuz they're looking to drum up sales and their smaller hotel is take that 10,000 you would have t- you know had and target CEOs in this zip code. And the companies that you like because you can filter it down and then see who answers but you know it's uh not the way people have done it in the past but i guess others mm-hmm. are doing it that way at, at like smaller startups so it's interesting to see because hotels sometimes takes a long time to catch up to what's going on in tech You're absolutely right
0: yeah that's true yeah.
1: But i think the pandemic sped everything up a little bit yeah so anyhow that was all my own curiosity listeners for the three listeners out there thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs> on uh but ladies, what I want to jump into now is, you know, you had these these great careers pre-pandemic and you still, you're back on it now, but everything came to a little bit of a halt. And this is what led to us all meeting as you started your podcast. So can you give me and the listeners a story of how we know how you met, but how this podcast started?
2: Nikki. Okay. Well, uh, we suddenly both found ourselves available to the industry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's how we like to phrase that. We found our we found ourselves available to the industry and every morning we would talk, we would talk about things with the hotels, uh, just different things or, Oh, you remember, remember this person, remember that. And, We were both looking for a job at the same time. And I'm like, oh, my resume is awful. Because usually as a salesperson, people call you or your friend will call and say, Mm -hmm. hey, we got an opening for this. Come on over here. Come work with me. So the whole going through the process was like, okay, what's happening here? I'm getting way too many rejection letters. And so Robin and I would talk about it. And she's like, you know what? There's got to be other people feeling like this because everybody we know they're at home just like us. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how the podcast was born. We wanted to share our story because we felt like others were feeling the same and here we are.
0: So yeah, we're sitting home trading um, rejection letters back and forth. Well, I got 12 today. How many did you get? And so clearly we were doing something wrong um, because our, resumes did not have the buzzwords and did not have um, whatever the applicant tracking system was looking for. So we said, well, you know what, I know a recruiter, let's talk to somebody. And we said, well, hey, well, let's record it because maybe there's somebody out there going through the same situation. And also the podcast was a way for us to stay connected to the industry that we've dedicated our careers to. So for us it was like still in the business we we're talking about the markets that we work the fun times that we had the um how hospitality is is not going anywhere and how we want to stay um you know in the industry and how to keep it alive. So it was our way to kind of commiserate what was going on with us, but also um, have some fun too, while people were going through uh, whatever it was they were going through. So we invited a few friends to come on and that's how it was born.
1: And now a lot of people want to start something, right? We talked about this on on your show, right? Just getting started. How did you all get started? Did you have to overthink it was it nerve-wracking at the first you know one or two episodes to
0: start the podcast no actually it was it was fun just kind of putting it together i mean we just read up um and went to anchor and i was like okay this looks like something i can do and i am not i am technology challenged let's just say that so we just said hey let's let's just do it um we came up with a logo and uh pressed record and i was like oh my gosh there's an episode <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we created a tra- we created the trailer and listened back to it. It was funny, and um, and then after that, it was it just got it just got easier. And like you say, Steve, um, just get started.
2: Yeah, huh. I love yeah. to hear it. Yeah. You have to get started. Yeah. And, and it, it's funny because when we, like, we're used to interviewing people and we ask the questions. And even with that, I mean, we've had some phenomenal guests on the show. People that, I mean, yourself being one, I'm like, where would we have ever, I probably would have been sitting in a chair looking at you on a stage <laughs> kind of thing. But, you know, it's like these are people that we have real thought-provoking conversations mm-hmm. Um you know, that have great stuff to talk about in our industry.
1: Yeah. And you started this when, what, when did you start it? You remember?
2: It's been a year
0: now. So, uh, February of 20, is it 2021 Nikki? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, February 2021.
1: And what's amazing is that you were awarded top 30 podcasts in the entire (laughs) world by the (laughs) international hospitality Institute. So it's got to make you feel good knowing that you're touching people's hearts. You know, yeah. what did you feel when you saw that come out?
0: We were shocked. That was like, I
1: was like, <laughs> I was like who? we were shocked.
0: <laughs> yes. We, we were surprised. We were shocked. We were honored. Um, I mean, it was, it was, it was a great feeling. Cause I'm like, okay, for the two people that listen, thank you.
1: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you got well, the listeners going.
2: And I, and I think like, you never realize how much, you know, or how much you have to give or how much you can offer, you know, maybe for me, it's just, I'm just being me, Mm -hmm. you know, but you just don't realize how much you have to offer and who's listening and who's watching for that matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: It's true. I mean, we've covered everything from uh, guests leaving lost and found items in their room to Dr. Jeffrey Obameji and everything in between, you know, so uh, there are just so many, so many great stories of hospitality, you know, to tell. And um, that was just like our way to, to give back during the time when, uh, when we were available to the industry.
1: Well, well now you're both back to working full-time yes. jobs yes. Yes. and the podcast continues to live on. Yes. What, what do people that you work with say about it?
0: they're surprised. They're like, what? (laughs) They're surprised when, when they find Uh, out. Yeah. And some people still don't know, but I think my management, they, they found out a couple months ago and they were like, who did what now? And where can I find it? And I was like, Oh no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's
2: really, it's really something. I mean, it, it, it goes twofold from, I had a former coworker, uh, that messaged me this week and said, I'm so sorry. I just found out about your podcast. I love it. She's like, I'm listening to every show I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. And you know, when you have, when your peers can pat you on the back for me, personally, there, there is no greater feeling because these are people who we're, we're the same, you know, you know, the struggle, you know, the deal. So Very, very rewarding to hear that coming from a peer. On the other side of that, shortly after we won the award, I went to a training for work. And I just, I'm just there. I'm just sitting there. Mm -hmm. And the trainer actually pulls the cover of the podcast up on her presentation and was like, let's talk about this. And I'm like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) how did they know? How did they know? How did
2: you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So it it comes at you in different ways. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's what's, uh, you know, I realized when I was still working with a hotel company was, you know, you represent that hotel, right? So it can be a challenge sometimes of Mm -hmm. what you're allowed to do and not do, and you want to be in good graces. So I love that you're still doing it. And, you're still putting information out there. Cause I think it's really valuable when you find your audience, you know, to keep it going. Yeah. Ha- have you seen it benefit you in any way?
0: I would say yes. Yeah. We've been invited to do different things. Um, so that's fun. And um, it, it just, you just never know who knows you, you know? And so um, in that way, it's been very rewarding being tapped you know, for different things and um, to have, like Nikki said, to have somebody send you an email or something to say, Hey, that was a great show today or whatever. So for us, it's just, it's just very re- rewarding that we um, get to share our stories and, and those stories of, of other hospitalitarians.
1: That's Definitely. awesome. Well, ladies, I love knowing that you're building the podcast, but I want to go to the next step here. You're working, you're working back in great hotels. And if you were giving advice to young Robin coming up and as a a hotelier for the first time and young Nikki coming up as a hotelier for the first time, and they were starting today, what advice would you give them?
0: Oh boy. For me, I would say to advocate for yourself. Um, when I was coming up through, um, operations, you know, be at the front desk or housekeeping or uh, convention service. Um, I was just happy to be there. And I did not have a direct or clear career path. Um, I was just moving around to the departments um, within the one hotel just so that I could be valuable um, for when they needed something. Um, But I never I had lots of lateral moves and that was pretty much it. So I didn't have any growth. Um, and growth, you can't have the growth on your own. So you really need to uh, get either a mentor or somebody that um, somebody that's gonna cut for you and and kind of speak your name in rooms where you're not present. So I would say, um, definitely chart your path. And, um, and and get yourself an ally that's going to help you. That's going to help you grow.
1: That's good, Robin. And, what, and Nikki, what would you tell young Nikki starting out today?
2: Pretty much the same. Definitely find someone who is going to rally for you, um, be it a mentor or a sponsor, someone to help you scale to the next level. Um, I, I think. As I was coming up, it, there wasn't a clear path, right. you know, no one sat down with me and said, okay, you're gonna do this, then you're gonna do this and you know, you can figure it out. I think as I went along, I kind of figured out what I wanted and what I wanted it to look like, mm-hmm. but definitely having someone there who is, you know, speaking your name and making sure that you're aware of the opportunities and what's present and what's available.
1: That's great advice for, for everyone listening. And so for listeners, make sure you check out Nikki and Robin on the don't look under the bed podcast. They've got a wealth of knowledge, fantastic guests. Um, It's just worth a listen to. Uh, Make sure you check them out. And ladies, is there anywhere else that they can connect with you? If somebody wants to connect with you.
0: We're both on LinkedIn. um, And our IG is don't look under the bed pod. And um Email Robin at don't look under the or Nikki in at don't look under the bed.org.
1: Well, thank you once again for taking the time. I know how busy you are, especially because you are working. I appreciate you taking the time and, and thanks again.
0: Thank you so much thank for having you, us Steve. on.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Biscayne coffee. Biscayne coffee was founded with a giving spirit and a big idea to enjoy delicious coffee roasted in Miami while helping save Biscayne Bay and the animals that live there. As a former food and beverage director, I can assure you these are some of the best quality beans on the planet. 10% of every coffee sold is donated to nonprofits to help preserve Biscayne Bay for all to enjoy. Visit BiscayneCoffee.com today and use promo code MENTOR at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Drink good coffee and create a good outcome. podcast is a hospitality.fm production.